Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as ever by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Well, today we're going to talk about something uh, that a lot of founders get a little bit twisted, I think. You know, we 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 always talk about celebrating little victories, right? Right. right. Um, and, and making sure that, you know, the little things don't go, don't go missed and that you need, you need those things to kind of keep the energy and the morale of the team up. And speaking specifically of team, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And we also have to be pretty careful about like what we actually consider a victory, right? right? A lot of people use staff count and the inflation and growth of staff count is like some measure for success. And to some degree, that's true. If you've got a basketball team and you've got one player, hiring four more people be a great idea, right? It's sort of necessary to play the game. However, sure. in the case of the startup, I think that this gets confused a lot and we start to focus on headcount as opposed to some other really, really important factors. What's your take? Uh, look, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that should ever truly be celebrated in an organization is revenue. <laughs> yes. Now, now again, but we talked about celebrating the, sm the small wins, right? And yeah. so hiring somebody is exciting, um, feels like a victory. Um, getting new office space back when people used to get office space, you know, feels like a victory. And, and, and I, we've all celebrated those things, right? They're, they're fun. Um, yep. they, they feel like building blocks on a greater journey. And I think that's wonderful. W what we're really talking about and what we'll dig into today is how that celebration gets confused with success. Right. Right. Anyone can spend money. That, <laughs> that's not the hard part. It's getting nope. the revenue behind it. But, yeah. but I think what would be worth digging into today is to talk about why we should be maybe a little bit more hesitant and gun shy when we're thinking about celebrating staffing and some of the kind of challenges and pitfalls that come with it. So I think if we've never done it before, maybe we've raised a round of money and now we're like, hey, we're hiring all these people and there's an article about us that we're adding 50 people or 100 people yeah. or whatever it is. That sounds like this company must be doing well. Right, right, right. But it's not. <laughs> that does not mean yeah, you're doing they well. They just added a whole bunch of overhead is what actually yeah, happened. A whole exactly. bunch of payroll tax, a whole bunch of additional headaches within culture and strain on the management team and all sorts of other uh, really not fun things are happening as a result of that. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Right. And, and, and I kind of stole this from uh, from some or some other use case, but I always say that celebrating staffing is like celebrating the cost of a wedding, right? <laughs> That's not what you should be celebrating. <laughs> you should be celebrating the outcome, which is revenue, right? right? So, so it's right. very different. And so I guess to kick it off, um, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about how we look at staffing, Ryan, right? So yeah. When you and I sit down, and we're adding more folks now, um, we've got a founder group product, and that, group, that product's growing very fast, and we need lots of people yes. to, to add to that. But walk me through, when you see us you know, open up all these different hires, what goes through your mind? You know, kind of how do you calibrate? You know, are, are you looking at that as, we made it? Are you looking at that as, oh shit, now we have all these people we have to deal with? Uh, walk me through it. You know, it's a bit of both. Of course, in a product where humans are required 
and and our kind of keystone to scaling, right? So like, right. there's no version of us running founders group with a thousand groups and and one moderator, one coordinator, one onboarding person, right? So right. it is an indicator that we're growing. And so of course, I'm always happy to see that growth. But the way it works in reality, it's kind of like in manufacturing, right? You, you manufacture and you've got, you got a machine that's capable of putting out a hundred widgets. And now sure. you've got an order for 105 widgets. And now you need a whole nother machine, but you only need five more widgets. So it, it always comes it. back to like, yeah. what is the, what's the, what's the break even time on this going to be, right? Even, even when it's really clear. Right. So, right. and sometimes it's not right. Depending on the hire, sometimes it can be really nebulous as to exactly what the ROI on the individual is. In this case, we know it's really, we're solving a capacity issue. And so there is a very specific ROI on that. Um, so then it becomes a matter of time. So my mind first jumps to the PNL and right. How much of a deficit that particular group's going to be operating at for how long of a time, what do we need to do on the marketing side to try to make up for that? And right. So then it, it turns from a simple, like, Hey, we added somebody into the calculus of when does that somebody no longer just a cost burden and when are they participating in a way that actually benefits the company? Um, in this case, specifically financially, monetarily. When a founder says to me, we're about to staff up, my my first reaction, even though I don't express this, is I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> and, and when, when I say that, what I'm saying is, I'm sorry for your loss of efficiency. I'm sorry for yeah. your loss of capital. I'm sorry for yep. your loss of culture. I'm sorry. All these things that are a massive groundswell of liability that most especially yeah. first-time founders aren't aware of. Now, it's also that's the great. cost of doing business, right? Yeah. But that's that's not the end of it. I think where we get held up as founders and, and, and the whole team really is that we see this as progress, but we only see it as progress, right? That's right. The, the, the way over the years we saw uh, building giant industrial complexes and, and building cars as as progress, we didn't understand there's some, some residual damage to all that product yep. progress, right? It wasn't That's good for everybody correct. all the time. And so yeah. I, I get anxious when we look at staffing and growth through staffing in this one-dimensional lens. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about all the strains it puts on the organization and why adding those strains aren't always recoverable, right? You know, so sure. what are the things that, that come to mind first for you? Yeah, so like the, the financial strain is often recoverable, right? So we can kind of jump over that one. I mean, mm -hmm. in theory, it should be at least, right? At, at some point, there, there should revenue. be ROI on on the individual, right? So like there's, there's some way that they're impacting revenue. So we kind of jump over that one. Um, management strain, right, doesn't go away, right? As you continue to add people, it's not like, well, okay, there's more of a burden up front, which is true, but there will be permanent additional management strain. There's one more person, two more people, three more people, four more people, whatever it ends up being that that manager or that that leader has to lead and manage. Right. And that doesn't go away and it doesn't get reduced until you hire another manager, right? So we're right, right back into, we're, we're kind of chasing our tails on this one. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, Company culture definitely changes with with hiring. First casualty. Uh, right. And, you know, we've definitely had cases where, where there were hires where they were bad cultural fits. And we've done an entire episode on, like, 
our stance around this, our ethos as a company, sure, um, and and where we stand on this. We've done a full episode on that. So if you really want to understand, you know, how we feel about culture and hiring, um, skip back to that episode. It's a really good one. However, um, what I will say is we've also made hires where they were absolutely cultural gems, right? And they're they're people who do augment the organization. So this one isn't always a cost specifically to culture. But what I will say is that as a general rule, the bigger the company gets, the more amorphous the culture gets, right? Correct. The more, the more clicky it can get, right? You can, Absolutely. you end up with like fractionalized culture. You end up with, you know, team-based cultures and not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but from a leadership perspective, it's a big burden, right? Because right. you're still responsible for overall culture. And now you're managing what might be five, six, seven distinct cultures within an organization and trying to somehow make that into a cohesive blend that actually works better together. So that's, those two are the, the, the kind of the top two for me in terms of what the cost of, of hiring is. And that's the, the, the increased management burden, um, and the change in culture, which of course feeds back to that management burden, because ultimately it's, it's reliant on the managers to, to make sure that lands as well as it can. Sure. What kills me is efficiency, right? For sure. We had 10 people in a room, and the important part, in a room, at in any given room. time, yeah. <laughs> at that moment, let's say before we took on venture capital, if we yep. wanted to make a hard right turn right now, yep. everybody turns their chairs, faces inward, we give a little pep talk speech, <laughs> and make the hard right turn. That's right. it. Here we go. That's the change. That's right? all it took. And, and now we've raised a bunch of money. Now we plan on having 100 people, right? And we're like, oh, but it's going to be a little bit harder to do. Actually, a lot harder to do. Because by the way, not everyone agrees with what we're doing. Not everyone right. cares about what we're doing, right? Not everybody wants to work harder based on this new you know, genius yes. idea we had nine seconds ago. And so whereas before we were, we were tight, we were efficient, now all of a sudden every person we add decreases our efficiency, right? Yeah. Decreases our ability to communicate and get everybody on board with, with what we want to do. We don't see it though. At the time, we raise a big round, let's say, and we add all these people. And in our mind, now we can get more done. And theoretically, yeah, yeah. that's true. And again, yep. we're not anti-staffing. What we're saying is you have to realize what the true costs of adding more people right. are. Right. And it's and, and again, adding more people isn't the success metric. <laughs> Will, you, you said something that I want to circle back to. Sure. And that was, it was, it was part and parcel with the efficiency. Um, but engagement is, is a big piece of this. And you were saying that like, you know, maybe you don't care as much. And that's the point I want to ping on. If you're employee four, the chances are you're bought into the mission because that's probably all that's being sold at that point, right? Like it's the vision and the mission, right? The <laughs> company the has no cash, it has no staff, it has nothing, right? Yeah, so for sure. you're really bought into why this business is doing what it's doing and you want to be part of that, right? By the time you're employee 200, 500, not to say that engaged employees and the rock stars don't come along at employees 200 and 500, they do. However, the likelihood of that becomes less and less and less, right? The, the further you are away from kind of like mission critical stuff, you know, if, if you're the seventh dev on the, on the fourth product team, your buy-in level is probably not the same as the person who coded the MVP of this thing and right. is now the CTO, right? right. Like, by nature, by definition, the engagement level, the buy-in there is very, very different. And so I think that that speaks 
to a couple of things. One, just the engagement overall, but to your point around efficiency, there's kind of a declining curve there, right? Like as there's a diminishing return on all these additional hires, the likelihood that we're getting that same level of buy-in, that same level of efficiency out of an individual reduces. And then there's the organizational efficiency, which is I think what you were speaking to. Right. Now we've got multiple people that are supposed to be doing the same kind of things. Are they doing them at the same pace? Is there a rate limiting factor? Is somebody holding up an entire team? All sorts of stuff starts to happen. And again, it's managerial burden, right? It just falls back on the leadership team and the management team to say, how do we make the most out of all of these parts we have, particularly as we keep adding parts as we're rolling down the road? And it's really tough. Well, you said something um, that I think is interesting. Think of the dilution that comes. Like This is, you know, sure. the, the commonly held thing is that A's hire A's and B's, B's hire C's, C's hire D's, et cetera. So mm. by definition, as we grow, we get a dilution of quality. Now, some people right. say, no, you know, we've got more money now. We're going to hire quality across the board. You're going to hire quality across the board, right? Yeah. But employee 58 has no idea what quality means compared to you. Or like you said, buy-in and all these things start to tie together. And so yeah. as more and more people get added to the roster, the quality, the consistent quality starts to inherently dilute. Because sure. if, if, if Ryan, if you hire me and you're a hundred and I'm a 90 and I hire an 80, it doesn't take very long. Cause at first everybody seems pretty good, right? <laughs> yep. But it doesn't take very long to get down to 10. Yeah. And yeah, what happens sure. is as, as we grow this thing, we lose sight of that. We lose sight of how powerful dilution is in an organization. And you rarely hear someone at any level say, let's audit where we are down the line and see if the last hire we made is as good as the 10th hire we made, right? And compare right. that. You should, but that nobody be, really that does. That would be interesting, but yeah, nobody does that. I mean, certainly anecdotally, we make comparisons, right? Sure. It, it happens all the time, right? You know, well, oh, geez, you know, it'd be amazing if they if they hustled as much as so-and-so, or, oh, uh, gosh, you know, I'm really glad we hired this person, and, and they're, you know, they're 2Xing what the person who was in that seat before them did. Happens. Right. And we right. talk about it in that sense. Um, but in terms of like a really objective breakdown and analysis, we've never done anything like that. And, and all of these are collectively the costs that we're talking about. Yeah. Because I think everybody, when they hear costs, they just think dollars. And the, yeah, no. the dollars matter. You know, uh, we're definitely not overlooking that aspect of it. But the dollars are just one piece of it. We yep. know instinctively, and we'll see this if we haven't seen it yet, that as each new person comes in, they are a burden. They are a cost, right? They're probably wonderful too, right? They're probably fun at yeah. parties, right? <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying as, as founders and the managing team, as, as we look down the line, yeah. all of these things that right now we're celebrating, we've got to really understand what the hell we're celebrating. You know, <laughs> right. hey, oh my God, you know, we're growing so fast, so we're adding more, so many people. okay. What's, what is that about to cost us? And, right. and if, we, if we just keep thinking that every person we bring on, you know, that next person in headcount is a net positive, we're totally overlooking what happens yeah. when you staff up. You, we'll find out about it later. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> right. that. Yep. We'll but see, we're we'll overlooking it, it now. Out. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if – what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often. You actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So 
any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, you know, let's talk for a minute about why why this occurs, right? Sure. Why we're willing to take on these costs. I think this is this is always important. This is startup therapy. So we got to get into the feels here a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk for a minute about like why we associate hiring people with growth, with great outcomes. And it, and, and it really is. A lot of it is an emotional decision. It's an emotional feeling, right? And it's some of it, I remember early on, like some of it just felt like, adding troops to the front line. Like I felt like I was insulating myself a little bit. Sure. Right. It went from like being a team of three to being a team of 15. There felt like some, some defense and I, and insulation there, right? Like I now have a front line, right? I'm not in this by myself. So just by, by virtue of just adding bodies, um, I felt safer in some ways. I could see right? that. Which, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that was, that was a good feeling right now watching those people perform, poorly or, or, or well, obviously changes how I feel about it after the fact, but you know, in the moment, just adding that person, um, felt good. Also, we tend to be happy about the hires we make, right? We go through this process, there's vetting, there's multiple candidates, ideally, um, there's multiple great choices, and then you get to pick somebody at the end and that feels great, right? There's a, there's a real like euphoric high around making that decision in, in most cases. Now, sometimes, you know, you got desperation hires and things like that. We're just like, we've just got to fill seats. We need people to answer phones. We need people to code, whatever it is. Right. But in the vast majority of cases, it does feel kind of like welcoming a new member to the family, right? New baby arrived or somebody married into the family and you like them, like it feels good. And so I think this is part of where we start to fool ourselves a little bit and obscure the cost and, and willingly kind of push aside what the real impact of this is going to be for the business. Sure. Um, because it feels good, right? I, and I'm not sure you may have some other thoughts on that as well, but I didn't want to move on beyond the cost sure. without talking about like why and how we're willing to do this to ourselves. It's validation that we're, we're doing something positive and the reinforcement yep. of that validation comes from everywhere, right? Yes. The media writes about it. Even the government gets it in. Our, our local government's oh, gonna talk about how many jobs we created. You're, you know, it, It's all they focus on. It's their key stat. It's their only stat, right? Yeah, <laughs> it pays taxes. Um, but but everyone around us, you know, high fives us for this. Imagine for a mo for a second, right? We actually just changed what we were taking the liability on, and we were saying yeah. we just took on more debt, right? And we we're just and we we're running around looking right. for that high five, and nobody's given to us, right? You know, just took out another credit card, just took out another loan, <laughs> yep. just got it. It's all going to go yeah. toward growth, and everyone's like, you know, you have to like pay that back, right? <laughs> right, right. You, <laughs> that's a huge liability, right? No, it's a sign of growth. People, people said yes, they're giving me money, and it's like, well, yeah, you kind of got to pay all that back. Yes and it, no. It, and so I think what happens is you're sitting in that interview, or you're sitting across from one of your peers, you're talking to the media. And, and they're telling you how great it is that, you know, that you're validated by the fact that you're adding yep. more staff. And, and it feels good, like you said, right? So, so you get behind it. And more people are joining your cause. And of course, that feels good, right? You probably just got funded. and You totally overlooked that liability. And they said yes. The investor said yes. And they gave you the money. And you must be good. You've, again, yeah. totally overlooked the liability that, that comes with it. And that's right. part of the job, by the way. It is. But- 
I think where we get led astray is we start thinking about creating liabilities as wins. Yeah. And the truth is, while they are necessary evils, they're debts. Revenue is yep. a win. Yeah. Everything else is a debt. Everything yeah. else is a necessary evil and debt yeah. to get to revenue if we have to. But we haven't won shit <laughs> until we <laughs> right. get the revenue. Exactly. Yeah. So this this brings us to to another point. So like in, in terms of talking about like you you brought up that like A's higher B's, B's higher C's, you know, C's higher D's, um, and and that's the kind of anybody's capable of hiring a human, right? It, it doesn't right. take any particular skill. I'm I'm reminded of of the first time I decided to let somebody in my first company make a hiring decision, um, and Boy, was that scary. I don't know if you remember that, Will, but <laughs> holy hell, was I nervous about the decision they were about to make. And all I asked was that they come to me with their final three candidates and and talk me through them. And right, sure. I was still going to let them decide. I decided to give full responsibility here. It felt like an important step in the company. Um, I just wanted to hear about them and understand why out of the top three, which one they were finally going to choose which secretly was going to decide whether I ever let this person hire anyone else again. <laughs> um, didn't tell them that. Um, but I remember uh, he he came to me with his three candidates and, and he was like, you know, he's so excited to work for us. He loves the mission. You know, he's, he's, he knows, you know, every client that we've worked with, he's, he's made some suggestions already. Like he's really, really into what we're doing. He loves the space and kept going on and on about how much this person loved us. And at some point I just, I couldn't help myself. I told myself I was just going to be quiet and kind of listen. At some point I was like, okay, what, what do we like them? Do we want to hire him? Like, are right, we right, as right. excited about him as he is about us? And it was just like deer in the headlights look around like, you know, I kind of forgotten about that part. Let me, uh, let me go back and get you a new top three <laughs> captain. <laughs> so, um, but which just points out, right? Like, and, and again, no, nothing, nothing against, nothing against him or the candidate because uh, we, we did ultimately end up hiring this person. They were, they were a great fit. Um, but that was not apparent from the information that was being passed, nor had the, enough diligence been done on that side. It was just like, we were excited about them because they were excited about us. I'm like, mm, we're going to need a little more than that before, uh, before we, before we say yes. Um, and I, and I think we can easily forget that, right? That there isn't anything particularly difficult about hiring people. It's, it's particularly difficult to hire the right people. Um, right. almost as difficult it is for me to say difficult today for some reason. <laughs> um, but it's just not that hard to hire people, right? Well, actually, hold on. Let me modify that because uh, uh, you and I have hired a lot of people. It's yes. challenging. There's a tremendous amount of friction to it. What we're saying is sure. hiring them, saying yes, and putting them on payroll is the easy part. Yes. Paying for payroll <laughs> is the oh. harder part. Yeah, that's different. That's totally right. different. And so I think, uh, you know, let's say, again, we raise a bunch of money. I, I'm using this as an example, uh, not because of, uh, for or against raising money, just more because it's a single event that tends to charge right. this decision kind of at one time. And so we get this big check and we said, we got 20 open hires and everybody's high-fiving about, you know, what's about to happen. And we start to think, oh my gosh, it's so hard to find people. And, and we're looking at all these sources and trying to find the right people. And it's, and it's so competitive, et cetera. So this must mean we're accomplishing something. And we are, of course. Yeah, this is yeah. all part of how we grow a business. 
what we lose sight of is, okay, I finally found four engineers. Awesome. Uh, that yep. was the easy part. Right. <laughs> right. Getting the productivity out of those four engineers, right? Getting the, the ROI, getting our product to market so we can sell what those engineers are supposed to do to get all that money back so that we can pay for them. That's, that's what we should be celebrating. That's yes. where our, our yeah. focus should yeah. be, right? Do we have a plan for that? We could, we could at least celebrate the plan. Right? Well, <laughs> like, think of how many startups wind up having a tremendous amount of time and friction invested in building these staffs, raising money, et cetera, but never get to the point where they make any money, right? What I think you know, we're suggesting here is uh, we're not discounting how challenging all these things are. What we're saying is let's keep our head about us. Let's look at um, when, when we have the friction of hiring people and saying, look, anybody can spend money. Like we just got a bunch from an investor. It's not right. hard to spend their money, right? Um, let's just let's look at every cho choice we're about to make as a massive liability, not just a massive step forward. And look at that and say, not that we're not going to do it, but are we sure that for for all the liability that we're about to take on, that we can back it up, right? Right. right. I think it's just a change in mindset. Yeah, man. I mean, wh what we're really saying here is that. Staffing isn't the victory, right? It's not the, it's not the validation. It, like revenue is the validation, right? We have to have some plan for how all of this stuff gets us there um, or it doesn't really matter. It'd be kind of like celebrating having an office um, but not having a product or a team or anything <laughs> to fill it and being like, we got the office and a logo. We're I'm most sure that's of the way there. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. Um, it's, it's not really the victory you want to celebrate, right? Well, and, and look, uh, in my mind, again, when a friend comes to me and says, hey, just be raise some money or we're just about to hire, you know, 50 people, I always try to, to say, okay, cool. That's the easy part. And, and again, here's what's weird. Nobody thinks about it as the easy part at the time because they don't have it, right? I mean, just went mm -hmm. through maybe a fundraise. That was hard. It is hard. Yep. Um, and now they're, go they're going through staffing, which, which is super complex. Uh, but I said, look, eyes on the prize, guys. We, we go through this ourselves yeah. at startups.com. We hire a lot of people. And when, when we look at it, it we, we pour over every single decision, right? We may have a couple hundred people and figure we have turnovers, we're replacing people, et cetera. But I, I got to tell you, not a single decision we make is made lightly. And, and we think about Correct. every single cost that it implies. And what I think we're kind of known for doing, certainly internally, is saying, how do we add as few people as possible? Because here's what we're saying. Yeah. We're saying we're, we want to make revenue. We, <laughs> we like that part of the right. business. Yep. But we don't necessarily want to add a ton of staff to get it. So what can we do to keep revenue going, but be more efficient with our staff, right? And, and I think what that does, it's made us a really healthy business. Yeah. It, it, and I've, you know, I've looked at other businesses in the past that have kind of had that mantra. Craigslist comes to mind. You know, Craig Newmark, told me years ago, uh, he said, we look at every single hire as a massive liability to be avoided. And by way of that, I mean, they built like a $200 million company with like 50 people, yeah. right? Um, and, and to me, that's amazing because the focus isn't on size, it's on efficiency. That's right. It's, it's about being a better company, not a bigger company. Right, right. And then we look at it and say, we don't want to be the biggest company by virtue of headcount, right? Actually, that brings me no pleasure. When, when I say we have 200 people, we have 
200 people and they're all great. And if you're listening, we love you. I don't want to take this wrong, but like we have 200 mouths to feed. That's a lot of liability. And I think about it every single night. And no part of me is like, hmm, I wish we could be 400 people. How do we double that? <laughs> yeah. Twice. I'd be like actually 10 times as much liability if you really think about it. But right. um, I look at, 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 at all this, this growth and I say, I want growth. I don't want to pay for it in headcount, right? I want to pay for it in efficiency. I want to be able sure. to say, if, if we can do it with two developers, let's do it with two developers. I don't want right. a team of 20 people in hopes right. that maybe that'll somehow magically turn into ROI. Uh, in, in, if, if we're funding a company, if, if we're growing a company, right. I want you and I to be super you know, diligent about yeah. saying every single hire we're about to make, do we have to, and then right. and, you know, try to come up with a reason, you know, why or why not? Yeah. And, and this is one of the things that I beat up all the time when people come to me saying like, Hey, I need to go raise funding. I'm like, why? Oh, we got to build a team. Okay. Why? Well, we need to build stuff. Okay. Why? Right. Have you, right. Have you done any of the, right. And you just keep playing this game. They get pretty annoyed, but by the end of it, they're going, okay, okay, I see where you're going with this. And so often, right, they they're they're missing, right? And this is a this is a really easy example because you're talking about raising funds to spend somebody else's money, which you have to pay back in one way, shape, or another, right? That's money that's now no longer yours, right? You're spending right. it, but it's not your money. And you have a debt, you now have given up equity, you've given up something in order to take that on in order to build the staffing line. Now, please explain to me cleanly and clearly exactly how that pays back. And the answers usually aren't there, right? And that's because what they're hoping to do is add people and accelerate things. And I don't argue that that will happen. Things will start to happen faster. But the likelihood that they're good things or bad things is, is, is kind of a coin flip at that point. It depends on how well the rest of the plan's laid out, right? And typically when I'm talking to people, the plan's not laid out all that well. So <laughs> what we're talking about is just accelerating towards a potential curve that we're not going to be able to make. Um, and so, you know, we see this all the time, particularly around fundraising. Um, guys, there's a reason they call it a burn rate, right? right. It's painful, right? And, and, it's, and most of the time, it's tied up in staffing. I mean, we do occasionally see, you know, uh, people take on money to do things outside of staffing, but I would say, yeah, but 70, 80% of it goes towards that team, right? Towards building the product, which is usually team contracting, something along those lines. Sure. Um, And so, you know, we, we see this repeat itself over and over and over again with the same subpar outcomes. And it goes back to, what we've said from the very beginning of this episode is that people aren't considering that hiring is actually a cost and a liability. It is not a measure of forward progress in and of itself, right? If it achieves the desired outcomes, if it gets you closer to your North Star, which by the way, we will be talking about in our next episode, then you're on the right track, right? Right. But so often, so frequently, that North Star isn't there at the time we're making these hires and we're just like, we just need to get things moving faster, right? Product iteration isn't happening fast enough. Um, marketing iteration isn't happening fast enough. Throw more people at it, throw more people at it, throw more money at it. Um, and it just comes with this exponentially increasing cost of all the types that we talked about, right? Cash right. cost, culture cost, uh, management burden, and the rest of it. So this is an area where we have to be super diligent. And as you said, you know, we, we, we probably 
we might even take it too far. I don't know. Um, but we certainly scrutinized the hell out of each and every one of these decisions. Um, and I, you know, I, I can't think back. I'm, I'm trying now. I'm trying to think if there's a time where I regretted it, where I was like, you know, we spent too much time thinking about that. Um, we, we, we didn't make the hire and I'm sure that had we done that, things would have worked out better. I don't really know that there's a way to do that. I don't have a crystal ball. Um, but I can't really put myself back in a situation where it's like, man, you know, if only right that the one that got away, I can't pull one out of my hat and it's a fairly large hat. And you don't know, but, but here's what you do know. And uh, you and I know, and, uh, because we have the experience of working with so many founders and working with so many startups, when the startup doesn't end up working out, all those staffing decisions are what you're going to regret, right? All that overhead and all those people who you made commitments to. When we're hiring people, we think about the upside, right? We rarely think about the other side of it. If you've done this enough times, you actually will because you've had to sit across from a huge number of people and let them all go, right? You won't forget that one. After, you know, having a a couple battle bruises from that experience, you'll think twice in a heartbeat of let's add people, you know, on spec and see where this goes. So I think, Ryan, all we're saying here is... Staffing is an important part of every business. Our staff is very important to us. But I think like with every decision we make, particularly with staffing, we've got to look at this is a massive cost, a massive debt that may not be paid off, that we may not be in a position to to make whole. And we have to say before we make any of these decisions, what else can we do? All right. So that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but, you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online, like, all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of, from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics, so you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.